Our scripture reading this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians, beginning with chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him... We were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. And we continue in the same letter beginning at chapter 4, verse 1 through 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it, This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he has also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, 
grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is Nikki, and I am the university and young adult pastor. And I want to wish you a very happy Christmas. Nick told us, but did you know, that uh, the season of Christmas lasts for 12 days. So it begins on Christmas Day, and it ends on January the 5th. So even though some of us are gearing up for New Year's Eve celebrations this evening, and uh, many of us will return tonight uh, to bring in the new year in worship together, this morning we're going to continue to consider the message of Christmas on this, the second Sunday of Christmas. I am guessing that uh, many of you received at least one gift this Christmas time. Whether that was in the form of a card or a meal or a welcome into someone's house. Some of us have received the wrapped kind in stockings or under the tree. Christmas is a time for generosity, for the giving and receiving of presents. And that tradition perhaps began with the gifts of gold and incense and myrrh, which were offered uh, by the wise men to Jesus. Or perhaps it began with the recognition that Jesus is God's gift to us, the greatest gift of all, a gift to be shared with others. Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension are the climax of God's unfolding salvation plan. His life changed the course of history, and it has so many implications for those of us who believe. There are so many gifts under the tree for followers of Jesus. So let's unwrap a few this morning. Today's gifts are found in our readings from the letter to the Ephesians. Paul planted the church in Ephesus. He wrote this letter to them later in his life from prison. And it is a phenomenal letter which gives its readers insight into the reality of our world defined by Jesus and the impact that that reality has on every aspect of our lives. The letter calls believers to live together in Christ and urges them to follow Jesus, to love the city, and to serve the world. Paul did not just intend his letter for the Ephesians, but for other churches in the area at the time too. And God continues to speak by his spirit through this letter to us here in Toronto today. It's a letter that's written in two halves. In the first half, Paul describes all that God has given in Jesus. And in the second, he describes all that that means for our lives. Gifts are found all the way through. So in chapter one, the gifts are described as blessings. Our first reading this morning from verse three to verse 14 is a one long sentence. It's actually the longest sentence in the Bible, 202 words, and it contains seven spiritual blessings, 
blessings which are in Christ in the heavenly places. So I learned that the word bless involves the hands and the knees. To bless is to bring a gift to another while kneeling, kneeling out of respect. To bless means to come before another, to go down on one's knees, to stretch out one's hands, and to offer a gift. God has come to us, knelt before us, and given us a gift, lots of gifts. Daryl Johnson, an author and pastor, says it this way, the living God has come in Jesus Christ. The living God has gotten down on his knees in Jesus Christ. The living God has opened his hands and given us the gift of himself in Jesus. And along with himself, he has given everything else we need to be all that God has made us to be. The seven spiritual blessings named by Paul of the many blessings with which followers of Jesus are blessed are gift number one, we are chosen before the foundation of the world. Number two, we are predestined for adoption. We have been redeemed. We are forgiven. We are given insight into the mystery of history. We have an expansive inheritance, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So many gifts, and all in one sentence. We could take a whole sermon to unwrap each one, and Paul's letter describes so many more. So in chapters 2 and 3, Paul tells us that we are made alive with Christ, that we've been raised up with Christ, that we are seated with Christ where Christ is seated, that we are God's workmanship created for good works, that in Christ we have been brought near to God, so near that we now make up God's temple in the world. We have direct access to God's presence through Christ in the Spirit, By the Spirit, we're strengthened with power in our inner being, and that Christ has made our hearts his home and has shown us how wide and how long and how high and how deep is his love, such that we are being filled up to all the fullness of God. So many gifts to unwrap. When we take all those gifts together, they describe an alternative reality. It's like getting a new pair of glasses when you have needed new ones for a while. You see the world in a new way. Things which were previously blurred take on more clarity. As we read the letter to the Ephesians, we realize not only are we seeing things differently, but that things really are different. Things are not as they seem, or more precisely, they are not only as they seem. There is more to reality than meets the eye, a whole lot more. No other book of the Bible, aside from the book of Revelation, describes that reality more clearly than the letter to the Ephesians. 
So with the coming of Jesus, God's kingdom, that alternative reality, has broken into the world, and it has changed the way that we experience life. With Jesus, the kingdom has already come and is also not yet fully realized. So we experience the gifts given, the blessings of the kingdom, right now, but we only experience them partially. We won't experience them fully until Jesus comes again and brings the kingdom in all its fullness. Through Jesus, God has freely bestowed on us every spiritual blessing. He has lavished gifts upon us according to the riches of his grace. But we experience them only partially. It's the already, not yet tension, chosen to be holy before him, already, but not yet fully, predestined to adoption, already, but not yet fully experiencing the new status, redeemed through his blood, already, and yet also not yet. In verse 14, we see that the Spirit is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of those who are God's possession. Already blessed, but not yet experiencing the blessings as fully as we will one day. Our current experience of blessing includes knowing that we are not an accident. So no matter how you were conceived, we and you, we all have been chosen by God in Christ before the world began. And not only chosen, we uh, have been destined to belong, to belong to family through adoption so that in Christ we might know God, the Father's full embrace. So our experience includes knowing that in Christ our sin does not separate us from God's love any longer. We've been released from all that holds us hostage and we are freed to enter in and to enjoy the Father's love. As freed people, we have been forgiven so that our relationships can be restored. And from this restored relationship with the Father, God makes known to us the mystery of human history, the mystery that all things will be summed up in Christ. There is great comfort in knowing that we don't need to run around trying to fix things on our own. God is in control and we can trust that he will bring things into order. We are God's inheritance, and he is investing his wealth in us so that we get to enjoy it with him already, but not yet fully. And we are sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit. What security that brings. God has got our backs it's going to be okay. Daryl Johnson summarizes these gifts in this way. He says, we have been given a solid anchor, a new identity, freedom, restorative relationship, perspective. We know the mystery, everything summed up in Christ, inheritance, and security, sealed 
God himself being the first installment of our future. The second passage we read this morning begins with the word therefore. It's therefore in the NRSV. The then in the NIV actually means therefore. Therefore, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Paul assumes that the readers have unwrapped and received the gifts given in chapters 1 to 3. Now, starting in chapter 4, he explains how to live out of those gifts, how to live into the alternative reality shaped by the gospel, the kingdom of God. He describes how to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. And we don't do this simply by pulling up our socks and trying to live worthily. The word worthy means in a way that is suitable or in a way that makes sense of our calling. We are to walk in a way that fits with what we have been called to in Christ. It's not about measuring up. It's about walking by grace in partnership with Jesus. And Paul calls us to unity. It's the main thing that he calls his readers to throughout the letter. The giveaway in chapter 4 is all the mentions of one, seven in total. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 3 and verse 13 also speak of unity. We are invited to live into this unity with an attitude of humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Unity is not something our world is known for right now. Rather, polarization is the new buzzword of our age. Outside of, our, outside of Christ, our world is divided. But because of Jesus, what is true in the kingdom of God is that politically, a progressive who belongs to Jesus and a conservative who belongs to Jesus actually have more in common than two progressives or two conservatives who do not. How is this possible? Is this true of us, Knox Church? Or economically, in the kingdom of God, because of Jesus, a rich person who belongs to Jesus and a poor person who belongs to Jesus have more in common than two rich people and two poor people who do not. Pick any polarized group and the same applies. Ethnicity, culture, generation, gender, Whatever our differences, because of Jesus, we are unified. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. As we enter this new year, how can we partner with God to love across difference and live into this kind of unity which Paul describes here. The passage also speaks of more gifts given for the purpose of living out our calling in unity with one another. 
gifts that God has given both to individual people and to the church as a whole. So in verse 7 of chapter 4, Paul says, each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each of us have been given gifts to serve Jesus. Gifts not mentioned here in this passage, but likely which include those found elsewhere in Scripture. For example, Paul writes in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These gifts are given to individual believers when they come to know Jesus. And back in Ephesians chapter 4 now, you'll see in verse 11 that God gives gifts to the church as a whole. And those gifts are in the form of people, leaders. Leaders to equip the church for works of service, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, so that the body of Christ may be built up. The equipping of people in the church for service is so that the church becomes more united and more mature, more grown up in our understanding of faith and in our knowledge of Jesus. So church leaders can help church members use the gifts that Jesus has given them to serve him. And this equipping involves creating and offering opportunities for leadership and for service. And it leads to maturity, which protects the church and helps the church to not be tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming, verse 14. This kind of leadership is clearly protection against false teaching, and the protection is achieved when the church works together when each one contributes their gifts in love under Christ, verses 15 and 16. I've been here at Knox for just over a year now, and I have seen how this community loves Jesus, follows Jesus, loves Jesus, and works together to love the city and to serve the world. One example that stands out is our recent pulling together to host the Christmas concert and party earlier in December. We welcomed 300 people into this sanctuary, and the concert helped to raise over $8,000 so far for our refugee fund. Many of you joined the choir, or the kitchen team, or the serving team, or the setup team, or the cleanup team, or the hospitality team, or the sound and tech team. Many of you gave financially to help our church welcome refugees. Others of you invited friends to enjoy the concert, to hear the gospel, and to meet the community. 
Each person served out of their gifts to make something happen that would have been impossible without the other person's contribution. We served in unity with humility and gentleness. We offered patience and bore with one another in love as each of us did our work. And the result was that we grew in love for one another and shared that love with those visiting. We also provided for the refugee family that we hope will join us in the future. As a church, we are living out our calling. We're following Jesus, loving the city, and serving the world. And that is just one example from this past year. There are so many more, and that includes every Sunday morning. As we look to the coming year, it is still Christmas. So let's remember the gift of Jesus, God who came into the world to be with us and who continues to be with us long after Twelfth Night. Rejoice that in Jesus, we've been given everything we need to be all that God has made us to be. In 2024, Resolve to recall the blessings you have in Christ and continue to live out your calling rooted in these blessings. Through Jesus, we can trust that our ministry together and our united witness will continue to bring blessing to a divided world hungry for love and longing for peace. Praise God and Happy New Year. We're going to take a few minutes now to reflect on how God has been speaking to us. There are two questions on the screen. The first is, of the many gifts described in Ephesians, which resonates with you most deeply today? And secondly, as we enter this new year, how will you partner with God and with others in unity, in ministry, which leads to maturity? in 2024.